0: welcome to the first episode of pocket pods i'm the pocket pastor we're gonna get into that name in a little bit but i just want to first shout out all those that have followed me from TikTok to Instagram and now to this new season in this new space and new place. For those of you hearing me for the first time on Spotify and Apple Podcast, welcome. For those of you seeing me for the first time on YouTube, welcome. And so what we're going to do today is just going to be an intro. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible, but... You know, whatever happens, happens. And that's how we're going to, you know, that's how we're going to rock here on Pocket Pods. So what exactly is Pocket Pods? So whether you're newly born again, a faithful follower, or someone needing hope as an anchor, this is the space for you. There will be days that, you know, that we'll talk about things that I've experienced, you know, some daily testimonies, weekly testimonies, um, discussion of current events and how it, Affects not only things that are going on physically, but things that also go on spiritually because they do coincide with one another. And there will also be days that we just kind of read into some scripture and maybe get into some intercessory prayer because as crazy as the world is outside, who doesn't need a little bit more prayer in their life? I know me personally, I do. So who am I? So I'm a Brooklyn born Westchester County raised, um, you know, guy from, you know, from just from New York. And, um, I was raised by two loving, on fire Christian parents who were born again probably around their 30s. And, um, as we did move around in in my younger years, you know, we finally settled again in Westchester County. And, um, We ended up, oddly enough, going to a church in the Bronx. So it was called Crossroads Tabernacle in the Castle Hill area. And my parents, you know, they were super involved with church, had me there like three, four times a week. Um, You know, a couple couple midweek services. There was a youth meeting on Friday and then Sunday service. And, you know, if you go to a Pentecostal church, a Sunday service could go from an hour and a half to three hours easily. And don't let it be, you know, like an Easter Sunday or something like that, because then it could go easily into four hours. But, um, you know, as I, you know, went through this during my teenage years, my high school years, you know, once I graduated, I didn't want to have any parts of going to church at all. Um, I was going to live my life. I was going to have fun going to college in Georgia and I was going to figure out who I am, what I am. I was studying to be a graphic designer. And, um, you know, as I'm you know, trying to figure things out, slowly but surely, you know, the enemy was finding his way into my life. And I started hanging out with the wrong people, started making bad decisions. Next thing you know, I'm drinking, I'm smoking weed. And um, after two years, I completely lost focus of what I had gone to Georgia for end up dropping out of school. And so I come back to New York, trying to figure things out, working. Um, and I had met met somebody that I knew from high school at the time. She had a child of her own, a daughter, who was about two years old. Her and I started hanging out, started dating. A year or so later, we have a child together, a daughter. 11 months after that, I have we have a son together. And um, at this point, I'm 22 years old, I have three kids, and um, you want to talk about trying to figure it out, I was trying to figure it out by hook or crook, um, you know, any which way I could try to get money into the house, um, you know, I was doing it because, again, their mother couldn't, um, she couldn't work at the time, they were all very small, so by the time we were 26, you know, we, we tied the knot and got married, and um you know we we just kind of went through life we kind of went through life as we knew it you know we try to do the best we can with what we had but there was you know there were some infidelities and things that just you know that you know that tried to rip our marriage apart and um you know in 2005 we moved to Florida from Florida you know we kind of packed up our bags and our emotional baggage as well and um you know, hoping for a new start, but when you bring along that emotional baggage, there's there's really not too much chance of, you know, starting anew. You know, you, you have the novelty of being in a new place and a new job and new things. And, you know, once that wears off, th- those old habits will just, you know, they'll just find their way back in. And it was kind of just the same thing in a new state. And um, in 2010, we had gotten separated And then by 2013, um, our oldest daughter, she had graduated high school. She had a daughter of her own. Um, My firstborn, um, our daughter together, she was off to college for her first year in New York. And then our son, he was in his senior year. So at this point, you know, I'm figuring like, okay, the kids are grown. Um you know, there were there were things that were fractured in the relationship. Um I can't really say what they were. Um but, you know, I just felt the need like you know, I just felt unwanted and again that's not pointing the finger at them. That's just how I felt. And so, you know, I packed up my things and I went back to New York. Um I felt I was you know, I felt I was justified. I was, was like I'm coming back to New York and unfortunately I packed up those same bags and I brought them from Florida back to New York with me. And in 2015, um, you know, my life started to take you know started to take a plunge. It started to spin spin out of control a little bit. And um, you know, I was working. I was torn between you know being being in New York and being around family I haven't seen in a while. You know, my parents and other family members, and then also you know kind of leaving my kids behind in florida so i was conflicted um and then you know i just i had a you know we finalized the divorce and that kind of weighed in on me as well and then around february of 2015 i started my back started hurting from years and years of just doing manual labor jobs and um one day i went home from work and i laid down and both of my thighs started to spasm and i knew this wasn't good i knew Something was definitely wrong, and um so I went to my my general practitioner, she forwarded me over to you know a a neuro a neurologist a neurosurgeon an orthopedic surgeon, and you know we played that you know that that merry-go-round for a while. I went to physical therapy, but I ended up having to get surgery just because of the damage that could have been done to the nerves and I wasn't so concerned about the surgery itself I was more concerned about the recovery so went through the surgery three days in the hospital I came home I couldn't leave home for about you know a month because everything had to settle in I have four screws two rods in my lower back it's fused together so I couldn't leave because god forbid if I fall or get into a car accident it could just cause all of that hardware to shift and um you know, in the throes of sitting at home, not able to go anywhere. Um, I'm also having anxiety because I can no longer do the work that I've been doing for 20 years. My whole resume is out the window in the sense. So, you know, I'm trying to find a job. And, um, you know, once I did, was able to leave the house, you know, I just started, you know, doing, doing the same old things. I was, I was drinking, I was doing cocaine with, with, you know, with friends that I knew from, from before I left New York and going to clubs and partying and, and everything that leads to that lifestyle. And, um, you know, again, just, you know, just trying to numb myself, trying to get away from the pain, but it, it, it didn't work. You know, I wasn't taking the pain pills they gave me for surgery, but I was just, you know, dealing with it my own way and self medicating myself. So um, you know, I went through that whole binge and around twenty eighteen, you know, these things start getting old and, you know, you're doing the same thing every weekend, you know, you're you're going out to the club, you're spending a lot of money, and then, you know, Sunday you're you're just recovering, you're you know, from your hangover, your head hurts. In this case my head and my nose hurt. So um you know it it started to get old really quick and and um in 2019 a friend of mine from from the boston area she was you know getting going through um you know breast cancer surgery and so i had went up there to spend some time with her and help her out and just kind of you know be some moral support and once she got back on her feet you know she asked me if i wanted to go to church with her and and um, you know, I said, "Yeah, you know, I'll go to church with you. I'm I'm not scared to go to church or anything like that. I've been to church before. I grew up in church. You know, the the usual lines you would say." And um, so we go to church that Sunday, and oddly enough, it was it resembled the church I grew up in. It was a small storefront church. It held maybe about a hundred people, and the location was also very unique. It was it was in the middle of this strip of stores. Um, but at one end on the corner was a police station and at the other end was a liquor store. So in the middle you have this small, um, Pentecostal Dominican church that was just on fire. Like you would go in there and the Holy spirit would just have his way at any given moment. And, um, so, you know, we went to church a couple of times. I went to, you know, a couple of evening sessions during the week, um, you know, while while I was traveling back and forth to New York up there. And then on the third Sunday service, you know, the pastor is, you know, winding up the, the sermon. And, you know, you could just feel when he's he's about to give an altar call, especially when you come from a church like environment. So I knew he was about to start up an altar call. My foot was already in the aisle and if I had a thousand strings on my heart, a thousand strings were getting pulled towards that altar. And he had made the altar call. I, I almost ran up there um, just because of what I felt. I, I can't even describe it. It was like almost like the Holy Spirit was leading me. But I, again, at that time, I didn't know what that meant or what that was. And um, so September 15th, 2019 is when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and things, things had changed. they weren't the same after that. Um, I started digging into a Bible. I I started, you know, having an active prayer life and figuring out how this tithing and offering works and what communion really means. And, um, you know, then I stopped, you know, I stopped kind of traveling back and forth from Boston to New York. And I started just going to the church I grew up in. I was was back at Crossroads in the Bronx. And, um, you know, everybody was... Everybody was happy to see me. They knew me as a young man, but now they get to see me as, you know, a not such young man. But, um, you know, it, it was great. It was great to, you know, be somewhere where I felt comfortable. Like, it felt like home. And, you know, I, I rounded out that year and January 26, 2020 is when I got baptized. And, you know, we get baptized as babies. And I got baptized another time. Um, When I was a a young teenager, but, you know, I didn't take it serious, obviously. And um, so this time, you know, I wanted to get baptized. I wanted to make a covenant with God and let him know that I was serious, that I was serious about, you know, this commitment about giving my life to Jesus. And, you know, being used as, as his vessel, being used as his disciple, being used as someone that would spread the word. So that's, that's why I got baptized again as an adult. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a moving moment that day. Um, and, you know, things are just moving. You know, things are moving forward. Um, and then, you know, when things are starting to kind of hit the peak, um, all of a sudden, everything shuts down. Global pandemonium. So, you know crossroads closed down first because they're within the five boroughs of new york city so they locked it up tight i'm panicking because i need church i'm a brand new christian i i I don't know what to do with myself so i start going to churches locally i find a church on a monday night they have a prayer service i find a different church on a wednesday night they have a worship and prayer service so I'm I'm just trying to find any outlet that I could do so I could be in his presence again being a young christian you know not understanding that I could call his presence anywhere I am at So I'm doing this for a little bit and then finally you know those options had also closed down and now it's it's up to me to figure out what the next step is and um Crossroads started doing Facebook Live, as, as I'm sure many churches did at that time, or Instagram, or YouTube, and um, for me, it just, it just, it just didn't work, um, and it's not that it was anything they did, but again, I was a new Christian, I was used to coming into church, and there'd be worship, and then, you know, you, you know, you, you feel the Holy Spirit, and, and then, you know, you get into the sermon, and, you know, the format was different, and, I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get my feet under me. It just, it just didn't make sense. And, um, you know, I started, you know, venturing out into the, to to the world of YouTube. And I, and I stumbled across, you know, Bishop T.D. Jakes and, and Stephen Furtick. And, um, you know, the contrast of the two, you know, you have one that's been in ministry for, for decades, and you have another one who's kind of like that that hot new flame and you know during the pandemic he was you know he was the new thing at the time at least for me he was and um you know i was i was watching between both of them um you know listening to podcasts and things like that from both of them and um you know i just want to take a pause for a moment because you know there's a lot of controversy you could say around the both of them you know they've been labeled as you know, prosperity pastors, prosperity preachers, you know, false, false, um, you know, false prophets. And, you know, you could you could throw whatever, you know, whatever word you want to do with them. But, you know, what I want to say from my personal experience is I was happy that God had placed these two in my path at that time when i needed something i needed something to guide me i needed something to kind of keep me within the boundaries and 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 instead of going back to to you know to where i came from a life of sin so you know again you know everybody has their opinion even i have my opinions about you know what's going on right now but i i continue to pray for them i continue to pray for me as well that i'm seeing what i'm seeing correctly um And if, you know, if you feel like, you know, it's not right what they're doing, if you feel like they're an enemy, you know what? The Bible says pray for your enemies. So you have to pray for them either way, whether they're your brothers in Christ and you're not happy or whether they're your enemy and you're also not happy. You still have to pray for them. So I just wanted to put that out there a little sidestep to this story. But let's get back to the topic at hand. So, you know, um, survive 2020. Nobody had cooties. Um, my family was safe, you know, wherever they were, you know, throughout the United States, even some in Europe, everybody was safe and sound. You know, 2020 rolls in. Everybody, as I'm sure you were, were expecting just, you know, the world to open back up, the world to go back to normal. And clearly it didn't. But for me, 2021 was the day my life had changed forever. So January 19th is my oldest, our oldest daughter's birthday. And she had text messaged me, hey, I'm, you know, I'm in New York. Um, I want to see you. And that particular day, I was actually at the office because the office had opened back up. I couldn't do the remote working anymore. So I was actually at the office and um, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm at work, you know, I'm about to get out in about an hour can I come see you and you know she couldn't because of time constraints she had to go back to the Bronx with her mother and from there they were driving back down to Florida so we just we just couldn't work it out and I was a little bit upset because you know it was her birthday and also because we had just started talking again for the first time Um, we had a fallout for a couple years and we just started you know getting to be around each other and You know, being able to forgive one another and, you know, things were moving in the right direction. So less than 48 hours after that text message, um, I get a call from my ex-wife at 4.30 in the morning. And she calls to tell me that Samantha and her husband had been murdered by, you know, murdered in a robbery. They, They were shot to death and um you know i i just didn't i just didn't know what to think i just didn't know you know how to respond I, I remember scrambling i remember just putting things um in a suitcase including my work laptop and i remember somehow having enough focus to book a flight at a local airport telling my parents We got to leave now i got to go to the airport and catch this flight i'll explain everything later and you know i get get on the get on the flight and i get to tampa florida probably you know the quickest anybody could get there i was there before noontime and um you know to see to see the look on on my ex-wife's face and to see the look on our children's face was you know something that 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 i'll never forget something that i've never seen before and you know, to to see our granddaughters who were nine and seven at the time. You know, they're happy to see me. They haven't seen me in a few years. And they're jumping all over me and playing with me and, you know, running around and just being happy. And to have to settle all of that down and tell them, mommy and your stepdad were in an accident and um, they're not coming home. And... You know, to to hear those those cries and those screams is the first time I ever experienced the word heartbreak because it felt like my heart was shattered with a sledgehammer and then it was just pounded into dust. It was the worst sound I could ever hear. Um, it was like a knife that went from the base of my neck to the base of my spine and hitting every nerve along the way. It was, it was, it was a rough time for all. Um, And um, the next seven days would be, would be even tougher. You know, speaking with the detectives and speaking with state attorneys and speaking with, you know, um, Samantha's in-laws because we have to go to the house and gather clothes and whose clothes are what and whose belongings are what and you know having to make funeral arrangements things we would have never thought we would have to make um so it's just a lot of scrambling around and doing that and you know to to see her on January 28th in in a casket Um, it was something like literally living a a nightmare Um, to get in front of you know these people who attended and and speak about her life like she's no longer here and you know to turn around and and see her there and um, you know to hear you know our daughter speak and to hear one of her daughters get up there and speak with you know with her father and it was um it was very hard it was very hard um you know i want to thank everyone that was there either physically or you know emotionally those who you know who just sent out their love um and um through that tough time. I just, you know, I appreciate each and every one of you. And um, I stayed, you know, I stayed in Florida for the next, you know, probably week or so. And then I just kind of figured like, I had to get back, I didn't know what the next game plan was. But I, I was like, let me just get back and, and speak to my bosses and let them know, you know, the details. And, you know, I have the ability to work remote. So you know i packed up my car and you know i drove back down to florida and i stayed at my cousin's house for about 2 months or so and stayed with a with another friend for the last ended up those, those 2 months and um you know during that time at my cousin's house um you know i was you know grieving and upset and um you know there were things where we had to zoom in with the attorneys and and they they did they did catch the gunmen so um you know it's kind of like a pre-trial hearing i forget what they call it exactly but um but um so i remember that night having you know getting into my prayer closet and you know the holy spirit had had given me a vision some people will say it's like almost going into a trance or you know being pulled into a spiritual realm and what he showed me was he showed me it was like when you break the clouds on on a on a flight at nighttime, and you're on top of the clouds and the clouds are you know that 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 bluish tint from from the mo- the reflection of the moon and you see all the stars in the sky and the dark night sky and what i see is i see samantha but it wasn't 29 year old samantha it was like 12 or 13 year old samantha and um you know she was she was sitting on the lap of jesus and um to the left of jesus was this tall like column this tall beam it didn't even fit into the frame of the vision and next to that was like this this long white curtain that also didn't fit into the frame of the of the picture and you know when when i came out of that 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 trance um the holy spirit had revealed to me that what was next to jesus that was god that pillar was his throne and and that that curtain was his robe and uh you know i just i just started crying i just started weeping 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 but i was also so thankful that that he had given me that vision that he he showed me you know where she was um and uh i don't know what happened that night when everything had went down but whatever she said whatever she cried out to god he heard her he heard her and he snatched her away from from true death he snatched her away from you know eternal damnation um and i will be you know forever thankful that he had love and grace and mercy upon her life and um so two months pass um I'm getting ready to go back to New York it's close to Easter so on the way back I I figured you know what I'm gonna stop at Elevation Church and um in Ballantyne North Carolina it's like one of their main campuses and Um, I'm going to attend church on Sunday and just, you know, keep on driving. So I attended service, you know, it's everything you see online, you know, with the the worship, it's concert loud. And um, the service was amazing. But during the worship time, you know, I'm, I'm worshiping, I got my hands in the air, I'm praying and speaking in tongues. And I look up at the ceiling. And I see 12 year old Samantha's face, but it's it's almost like it's transparent, like I kind of see the outline of it, but I don't see the ceiling, I don't see what's behind her, what I see in her face is that same nighttime sky I saw in the first vision, so I start weeping even more, um, I was able to, you know, pull myself together, and, um, you know, at the end of service, I was greeted by, um, one of their one of their greet team members and they prayed over me and gave me a prayer for safe travels on the way home. And, you know, when I got home, it was it was again, Easter time. So I was able to spend time with my family. But then, you know, things start seeping in and. Um, you know, the relationship between myself and my daughter and my son was already a little bit fractured because of the divorce and you know maybe because of me moving back to New York but this you know this just impacted that even more and you know so that that was weighing on me on top of the loss of my daughter on top of you know granddaughters not having their mother and um so in May I I I just decided I'm, I'm gonna backslide and um you know, I went out, I went out, I, I went to the liquor store, I bought a bottle, I I went out, I found cocaine, and I just got high and drunk that evening, and, and let that evening take its course, you know, I kind of just basically opened up the front door for the enemy and rolled out the red carpet and told them to come on in, and, um, and so, you know, that happened, and I, I figured, like, okay, you know, I got that out of my system, you know, I I asked for forgiveness from the Lord and figured it was just a one-off. But in June, same thing. I was I was having a bad day and I willfully chose to sin even after, you know, even after the Holy Spirit had, had kind of just nudged me and said, you know, just, just don't do it. Um, you know, seek, seek, seek my comfort. And I was like, nope, getting high and drunk today. And um, same thing you know, opened up the front door and the back door for the enemy and and just let him, you know, have his way with me and let me just, you know, roll around in sin all over again. And the next day, you know, I got up. I asked, you know, I asked for forgiveness. And there was a time where I was was feeling okay. I was, you know, moving along quite well. Um, You know, I was able to focus a little bit more at work. And come August... Same thing again, but this time it was much more intense. And this time I was like, I'm gonna get even drunker. I'm gonna get even more high than the last time. So I bought a bigger bottle of alcohol. I bought a bigger bag of cocaine. And, you know, I just let that thing, I just let that thing do what it does and basically just let in every demon. I opened the doors and the windows this time. And, um, you know, it was about 2.30 in the morning And I'm looking at pictures of Samantha and, you know, I'm just starting to weep and I'm saddened, and the enemy's just, he's just toying with me. He's just tormenting me like, you know, where was God, you know, when all of this happened, you know, you were praying for her and, you know, just go back to your old ways and, you know, saying all the things that the enemy would say, um, and out of almost nowhere, the Holy Spirit says, call his name. And the enemy starts getting louder. Like Satan starts getting really loud. Like you can't call out for him. You're a sinner. You're you're doing drugs and drinking alcohol and, and you know, doing all these things and lustful thoughts. And he just starts barraging me with, you know, all the things that I've done wrong and all the things that I'm doing and that are not worth it, and I just start saying the name of Jesus. Because being that high and that drunk, I couldn't say a prayer. I was just, my mind was just just everywhere. I couldn't speak in tongues. Again, my mind is everywhere. So I just do the simplest, but also the purest thing I can do, which was just call Jesus over and over and over and over and over and the more i say it the quieter the enemy was getting but the louder i was getting so it was spiritual warfare at that moment and um i remember telling telling God, like, I just I don't want to grieve like this anymore. If I'm going to grieve, if, um, you know, I'm going to mourn, I want to do it the right way without the influence of alcohol and drugs. And, um, you know, once everything was all said and done, you know, I went to sleep that night. And when I woke up the next morning, you know, there was no after effects, side effects from from drinking that much alcohol. And 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 sniffing that much cocaine, no hangover. My nose didn't feel all clogged up and crazy. Um, I was just exhausted, and the exhaustion probably came from just that spiritual battle that was going on. Um, that you know, those angels, you know, they were waging war against those demons just by the simpleness, just by the simpleness of me calling out the name of Jesus my lord and savior there's so much power in that name just to say it um and say it from a place where you know where you truly mean it where there's there's love that comes out of you saying his name and um from that from that day forward i've never touched a single drug again i've never gotten drunk again or even had you know sip of alcohol i had no no need no want for it the lord had taken that from me and and i couldn't be you know i couldn't be more happy and i couldn't be more proud and full of joy so at this time you know it's it's towards the end of of august and i'm yearning for community i'm yearning to be part of church um crossroads in the bronx is still closed because at that time as with i'm sure a lot of places they don't know if if they should open partially open close all the way they you know nobody knew what was going on so i'm going to rewind you a little bit in the story so in february of 2020 the same airport that i went to to fly to tampa in february of 2020 we had dropped my dad off this is like before the shutdown um so he could take a flight to visit some family in Florida and um my mother and I leave we drop them off we leave the airport we want to go get something to eat and it's on the border of Greenwich Connecticut and New York so it's 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 a very thin line um, so we start driving and you know my mom thinks we're going in the wrong direction she's kind of looking around and I'm like are we lost she's like I don't you know I, I'm just not familiar with this area so we turn back around, we make a U-turn, we turn back around, and we pass this beautiful church on the left-hand side, um, you know, with this this beautiful, you know, front facade with this big cross, and they had a banner out front, and the sign read Harvest Time Church, and um, I was like, wow, this, that's a beautiful church, and um, I remember the name, and I found them on Instagram, and I, I followed them, and I didn't think anything after that i just you know no no thoughts after that until again august of 2021 where i'm yearning for a church and i'm like you know what this coming sunday i'm gonna go to that church and see what's going on so it's september the first sunday of september you know i go to the church um pastor glenn was preaching um on how to make a faith sandwich and um you know worship was beautiful Um, The sermon was beautiful. And, um, you know, right when the service was over and, you know, the worship team had sung their last note, Satan comes in again and says, you should leave. Look at them and look at you. And he starts hitting me in the head like, you know, these are just doctors and lawyers, these people have money and you're, you know, you're from the other side of the tracks. And, then, you know, he starts barraging me with all these thoughts and the Holy Spirit steps in again, and says, just stay. And the enemy's quiet, nothing to say after that. So I decide to stay. I come the next Sunday they're having um, what they call a life group expo where they have like 30 plus different groups you can join during the week, you know, whether you're a teenager or a young adult, um, single, a couple, you know, they have all the groups. It's kind of like a Bible study, if you will, um, depending on which which course you decide to take. So I, I joined a life group um, with Pastor Nick called Life in the Spirit and, um, you know, the, the courses were just filling me, filling those spaces that I need to be filled. It's it's heavy meat um, for somebody who's kind of just been having, you know, milk and a little bit of meat here and there during the pandemic. And um, on, a, on a Saturday session, you know, where we could go more in depth... Um, he calls everybody to the front for prayer and people are getting prayed over and hands laid on and, you know, people are falling out in the spirit and speaking in tongues and getting words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm sitting in my seat and I, I had a good day. I woke up on time. I was energized and the Holy Spirit gives me a nudge and says, you should go up for prayer and i'm like for what like i i feel fine like i don't i don't i don't need it and he doesn't say anything he just slightly nudges me again and so i'm like okay so i i get up and i go and i this is when i meet pastor ruth and i tell her my story and um she starts praying over me and she starts you know praying in the spirit speaking in tongues and next thing i know i'm laid out on the floor i'm weeping I'm crying in, in, in the spirit. I'm speaking in tongues and she's praying over me and somebody else is praying over me. And um, you know, when when I come when I when I gather myself, she tells me that I will be evangelizing and mentoring young adults my kids' age. So ranging from, you know, thirty to about twenty four in that range. And I'm like, that's that's a pretty heavy prophetic word to give someone. Um, Again, somebody who at that time I considered myself a baby Christian. And, um, you know, from there, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and God just started moving and opening doors and just fast tracking me. All those years that I ran away, all those years that I ran in the complete opposite direction, he just optimized my time. So 2022 comes around, and you know all these things that that I'm mentioning it's not because I was perfect it's not because you know Jesus saved my life and I and I lived the perfect life no i was flawed and i'm still flawed yet i'm still faithful to him I'm still faithful to know that that through all things, through through all my my imperfections, he still loves me and he still knows that I'm going to reach for him. I'm not going to reach for a, a bottle of alcohol. I'm not going to reach for drugs. I'm not going to reach for lustful things. I'm not going to reach for something that would take the place of him, um, whatever that may be. He knows that I'm going to lean on him. So. Like I said, God just fast tracked me with a love that only He can, an agape love. And, um, you know, that year I, I started a Daniel fast. And for those of you that may or may not know, it's 21 days. Basically, you're eating, it's like almost like a vegan diet, you're doing the bare minimum just to sustain yourself. And so I go on the fast for 21 days. And, you know, we have a worship night about a week after, and the Holy Spirit says to me, liquid. So, that was the the hint to go from a 21-day fast, a Daniel fast, to now a 21-day liquid fast. And I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out, but I'm going to do it. And the the next week, we had another worship night, which was kind of rare because they usually happen quarterly. And, you know, this time, the Holy Spirit gives me another word. He says 40. So, now... From a 21-day fast to a liquid 21-day fast, now to a 40-day fast. I don't know how I'm going to maintain all of this because I didn't do my research ahead of time, but I knew the Holy Spirit was going to get me through and I was going to get through those rough patches at the beginning. And through those 40 days, let me tell you, the spiritual sensitivity that i gained at that time because you're you're hungry so in order the only way to supplement that hunger is to to fill it with spiritual food and um you know i get to the end of the 40 days and i tell the holy spirit i tell god i tell jesus if i could remain in this space with you this this sensitive space Help me to keep this going and um, I just kept going. Um, I ended up rounding out that that fast in September it just <laughs> towards September it was just it became too difficult to maintain. I was at this time after I broke the 40 um, I was eating but I was more on the Daniel fast. I was kind of eating vegan um, and and just you know fruits and veggies and things like that. But, um again still maintaining my my spiritual sensitivity um the things he was moving and shaking and, and the places he was putting me in you know around you know again he kept his word he kept me around young adults and i'm i'm in their in their life group and i'm i you know i'm learning with them and i'm teaching them and i'm mentoring them and they're giving me feedback and we're studying together and and um you know we're, we're, we're getting text messages back and forth. I'm praying over them. I'm praying for them. And, um, you know, they. I just gained a, a real rapport with them. And um, around September is when, you know, I get my my third vision of Samantha. And um, I'm on my way to work. Um, I'm so close to my job. I can see the building. <laughs> That's how close I am. And I'm having a great morning. I'm listening to worship music. Um, I'm on time and um, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit does the same thing. He transports me, you know, into a vision. And it was the same as the first, except this time it's daytime. So I'm standing on top of these, you know, these daylit clouds. The sun is everywhere. And to the left of me is this this tall golden gate, you know, just tall. Just like the first vision. It doesn't fit into the frame. And in front of me, there are, you know, 50 to 100 people in a line. So I'm thinking, I'm in heaven. Like, you know, on the clouds, golden gate, sunshine. What else could it be? Um, So I'm waiting in line. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice. What are you doing here? And on the other side of the gate, it's Samantha. The same way I saw her in the first vision, 12 or 13 years old. Hair in a ponytail, white t-shirt, light blue jeans with the rips in the knees. And I'm like, you know, I'm waiting in line. Uh, I got to wait. So she looks at me and she, she just she's like, no, no, no. She's like, I'll be right back. And she takes off running. And, you know, anybody that knows Samantha, if if, you know, there was a if there was a way for her to get her way, she was good. She was going to do it or at least give it give it her best. So after what seemed like a few moments in the vision, she comes back and she's like, you know, they, they said, you know, you have to wait in line. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll wait. Um, you know, I'll wait here. And so I reach out my left arm and, um, on my left arm, I have a, a, the initials. They're all their initials, all my kids initials. And when I reach out in the vision, that tattoo is not there. So I reach out my arm and I put it through the, put it through the gate. And, um, and she reaches out back to me, and right before she touches my forearm, where my tattoo is, I snap out of the vision, and I just start weeping, I mean, uncontrollable crying. I'm in the parking lot of my job. I ended up being late that day to work, Um, just weeping, 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 and, you know, crying, and, and speaking in tongues, and crying in the spirit, and Um, you know, I pull myself together and I just thank God for, you know, yet another vision, yet another confirmation to let me know where she is and that, that he has her and that she's in the best place that she can be. And, um, I've told this story before. I'm, you know, I know jealousy's a sin, but I'm, I'm kind of jealous that, that he gets to spend time with her and see her every day. And, um, I just get to have memories but um I know I'm gonna see her again so um yeah that was the third vision and you know 2023 rolls around and if I thought things were moving fast already like things really start hitting the fast track and you know January comes around you know another life group expo I sign up and um one by one from Pastor Nick to pastor ruth and finally to pastor glenn they all ask me if um, i want to join this pathways leadership training and um what pathways is it's it's almost like group therapy um but more in the church base sense so it's for traumas habits and hang-ups and um in order to become a leader you have to go through the training first so i'm like you know, once Pastor Glenn gave me the look, I was like, I'm I'm going to sign up and I'm, I'm going to join. And the first class, one of the leaders who had been through it already, she says, the best way I could explain this class is it removes the spiritual plaque from your life to allow more of God to get in. And when she said that, it just resonated with me. And I'm like, let's, let's go in, let's do this work. And, um, you know there's four books that you go through at your pace there's no there's no time you know to have it done you go through these books at your pace and these books get in all of the business you know asking you how you react asking you about your parents asking you about hurt and people you have hurt and it just it just really just undigs everything and you have to truly be honest with yourself to put in that work and dig these things through and finally be able to release them and share them in a group like our group was six men to be able to share them and having the confidence knowing that it's not going to go anywhere except within that group and there was some serious spiritual mental emotional growth during that period um i also joined up with ht creative team which deals with the worship and deals with social media presence and deals with what you see on YouTube when they go live. I joined as a photographer and I'm a point and click guy, but I'm figuring I'm an artist and I also wanna be around, you know, more creative people like myself and just, you know, be in a different space and, and meet more people and and just, you know, expand my territory because I'm a bit of an introvert. So in January of that year, um, I had taken some time off of work just to, you know, just to relax and just to kind of mourn a little bit because it's around the time of Samantha's passing. And when I go back to work, I'm, as we all kind of do, where our brains are still on vacation. And I'm just scrolling through my phone. And the Holy Spirit says to me, open a TikTok and call it Pocket Pastor. And I'm like, okay. And this is where I'm going to tell you what pocket pastor means so during my time of you know development and being with the young adults um after one of our meetings one of the ladies had come up to young ladies had come up to me and she asked me she's like are you a pastor and i'm like absolutely not um (laughs) taken back by the question and she looks at me with a serious face and she says you're gonna be and then smiles and i'm like Wow, that's that's heavy to say. I'm like, you know, thank you for your nice words, and she's like, no, I really mean it. And um a couple of weeks after that, a um one of my sisters in the Lord who was actually her friend, um you know, we're in a group of us and she's like, "Hey, pocket pastor." And I'm like, "Pocket pastor? Like what is that? What does that even mean?" And um she's like, "I don't know." <laughs> and kind of just left me with it. So I I take it home and I'm like pocket pastor like what is that how can I even you know use that or or run around with that and um so the Holy Spirit reveals to me like like you know a quarterback in football when they hike the ball they're in the pocket of their lineman, um who so they're getting they're protecting him while the defense is coming and pressing in while the quarterback is looking downfield looking for the target looking for the one that he can he can save looking for the one that he can pray for looking for the one that he could pour into so you know it kind of fits like that and that's that's where i ran with it and i was like that's that's a great illustration cuz i wouldn't have figured it out on my own And, um, that's where pocket pastor comes from. And the name, the name is sticking. And, um, you know, a lot of the young adults will call me pocket pastor. Some of the older, some of the actual pastors of my church started calling me that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had to, I had to make things clear. I was like, look, I, if you feel this is disrespectful in any way, um, you know, I will definitely, you know, not say it ever again. And they were like, no, you're fine um you know don't worry about it we know you don't mean it in a you know in a demeaning or demoralizing way or try to you know blur the lines and um so that's it that's how that's how the pocket pastor came to be and so i'm not a pastor here's my disclaimer i am not a pastor i'm just a flawed yet faithful follower of jesus christ so um so you know during this time again he's molding me shaking me um you know, a, um, so I have the TikTok going, Holy Spirit tells me record for the next 21 days, next 21 days, I need for you to create content, so I'm like, wow, okay, Um I'm not used to being in front of the camera, I'm an introvert, like I said before, and so I'm obedient, and I, and I go in, and I, and I create a video on my lunch break, you know, kind of walking around Um, the office property and I kind of give an intro a short version of the of what you're hearing now and um, you know I add some filters and I put some captions and I upload it and the Holy Spirit tells me good but the next time they need to see your face they need to see the expressions and they need to see the look in your eyes when you speak to them I'm like wow okay um this is serious business so for the next 21 days um he gives me he gives me content he gives me like he will literally give me the subject title whether in the morning or the second before i have to record and sometimes i'll have a thought and he'll rub that out and give me what he has planned so 21 days i'm recording uploading content um i i I make it grow to the instagram space and um, along this course, you know, I'm I'm going through, and when the 21 days finish, he tells me, "Look at the calendar," and it's the beginning of Lent. <laughs> so, so I feel like I was set up. Um, I feel like those 21 days were kind of a training, a training, a preseason, and he, he says, "Keep going." So I just keep creating content. Um. I'm getting more comfortable behind the camera. Um my my topics are getting a lot deeper. Um I'm using more time to to get these topics out. And um so I'm I'm starting to you know I'm starting to get comfortable a little bit. I'm still a little bit edgy behind the microphone and edgy behind the camera, but um so I keep going, and I keep going and um you know all this time he's developing me. I'm I'm still I'm creating more art projects um for harvest time you know i had you know pathway graduation and um while i'm creating these these videos um a follower reaches out to me and he says you know did you ever think about going on youtube and stops me in my tracks and i'm like again i'm like no i'm an introvert and You know, I'm intimidated by what I see these influencers, um, you know, these YouTubers put out there. And I'm like, you know, thank you. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Um, Let me, you know, let me pray about it and, you know, see what the Holy Spirit has to say. And his response was, well, the Holy Spirit asked me to ask you. Now, what do I do with that? Because from the very beginning, from my from my very first TikTok, I said, this is Holy Spirit led. And that's what he's been doing. He's been leading me each and every day through this content, building me, molding me, um, giving me the confidence to get in front of that camera and say the things that he wants me to say with authority. And um, so I'm like, okay, I was like, I'm going to do it. So I finished up the month of May and um i just go on a hiatus i want to study this thing i want to study you know how to do it properly um holy spirit again tells me keep going so i figure out like okay i'm gonna do a podcast as well so let's just open this thing as far as i can see for right now and and um, see where it goes and during that time of hiatus there were just so many attacks from the enemy um the car i had the transmission had failed out of nowhere um but god made a way gave me a provision i was able to get into a newer car a a car that's fully loaded with no money down but i I was so worried about the payments i was so concerned like the payments were more than what i was paying not realizing that god had opened that door and he's going to make the provision for me so concerned about that not really enjoying the car like i loved the way it looked i got compliments on it and um Lo and behold, the enemy strikes again. 10 days after I make my first car payment, I get hit and run on the driver's side front fender. Guy hits me, keeps on going. You know, luckily, you know, thank God, you know, I was in my town, so I called the police. They they put out a search. Two days later, they find the car. Um, Again, all glory to God, the guy was insured and um i was able to get the car fixed you know without you know without having to pay a cent you know they paid for my rental and you know during the time i had that rental it really made me come to that revelation that god is a god of provision like he's gonna put you in in situations even when he does provide for you he's still gonna test you in those times um so it just made me realize you know i'm driving this car and it was also a nice car but um it wasn't mine. And when I got my car back, I just had a brand new appreciation for that car. Um, a brand new, you know, I don't want to say love. That's extreme. Um, don't want it to be like idol worship. But, you know, a brand new, you know, a brand new look on on life and the, and the way God handles me. And, um, you know, that's that's my story. You know, he made the provision for, you know, all this, you know, this equipment that I have. You know, he, he gave me. A, a desktop computer for nothing um you know he, so i can edit this content and and you know put you know edit the audio and you know put people around me that could that could mold me without me having to go to youtube be like hey you know if you're going to do this try this and you know these types of things and you know workarounds and people that i could call at an instant like hey i'm jumping on this thing pray for me <laughs> um mm-hmm. So, you know, again, God God is God is just he's so wonderful. I don't want to make him sound like he's a genie like you could just ask him and he's going to grant your wishes. Like God wants to partner with us. And when your requests align with his will for your life, he's going to give it back to you in such a way that you couldn't even pray for the way he gives it back to you. I'm going to leave it at that. So, I thank each and every one of you for tuning in today, watching, wherever you're watching from. I hope that, you know, you, you hit the like and the subscribe and the share and all the buttons. Um, not the block button or the report button, but all the other buttons. And, um, you know, welcome. Welcome to Pocket Pods.